It is Sunday, May 24th, 2015. This is U62 the Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, my discoveries on Show Me the Transformers Writing Committee and gushing about the season finale of Flash. It's episode 8.10, Hooker Bike. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. You 62 the tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Kappas here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. Ah, I guess I seem to be starting every episode these days with a Show Me update because I keep playing with Show Me. For those who don't know, Show Me is the new Canadian streaming video service brought to us by a joint venture between Rogers and Shaw. Our story thus far, I cancelled my subscription to Show Me a few weeks ago because I just wasn't watching it, I found it too complicated. But then, after they did that, they introduced their Apple TV app, and since I prefer to watch my streaming video services through the Apple TV, I saw that and I signed back up so I could use the Apple TV app. In a way, I'm glad I did that because, as I suspected, the Apple TV app is a much, much easier way to watch it. So I just keep been kind of browsing through there, discovering all the titles, you know. As I mentioned uh, last week, I'm currently binge-watching the Mad Max franchise because that's an embarrassing gap in my personal film history. But then I go to the TV shows, and I go to the old Canadian TV shows, and I get my nostalgia on. They have the Edison Twins on there. Do you remember the Edison Twins? My God, when I was a kid, I would watch that every day when I got home from school. It was right there on CBC. For those who don't remember, the Edison Twins followed the adventures of Tom and Annie Edison, fraternal twins, and total science geeks. They used their mastery of science to solve Hardy Boys-level mysteries throughout their neighborhood. And of course, because it was the great era of moralizing television, each Each episode ended with a lesson where they would explain the scientific principle they used to solve that day's mystery. It was good stuff. Classic low-budget Canadian television. And I've blogged about this for many, many years. If they ever do gritty reboots of more Canadian TV shows, Edison Twins is high on my wish list for a gritty reboot. Here's how I would do it. We have Teen Solving Mysteries using science. So what better direction to go in for a gritty reboot than Veronica Mars meets CSI? I think we got a winner here. And then I go into some of the cartoons. They must have signed some kind of agreement with Nelvana because they got lots of old Nelvana cartoons. I found Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I loved that one when I was a teenager. It was only on for one season. It was based on an indie comic called Xenozoic Tales. At the end of the 20th century, mankind faced some kind of great cataclysm, so humanity went into underground bunkers to survive. 
500 years later, humanity reemerges to try and rebuild the earth, but they make a startling discovery. In those 500 years when they were in bunkers, somehow dinosaurs returned to the earth. So now in some kind of prehistoric world, mankind is fighting to share space with the dinosaurs, salvaging whatever they can of 20th century technology in order to get things going again. Our hero is Jack Tenrek, last of the old blood mechanics. Since, you know, getting the old technology up and running once again is a big deal, mechanics have become like warrior philosophers. And Jack Tenrek, he is our guy. He lives by a philosophy called the Makayana Vitae, the machinery of life, saying that there must be a balance between mankind and nature so such a cataclysm doesn't happen again. Yeah, it was the early 90s, so there's a strong environmental message. The villains are all like, ooh, we gotta kill the dinosaurs because it's nothing but meat and therefore we can reclaim the earth for humanity. And there's Jack Tenrek, no, we must find a balance. And uh, it was good stuff. It was in the shadow of Jurassic Park, so dinosaurs were the big thing in pop culture at the time but yeah with uh, Cadillacs and dinosaurs you got like Jurassic Park and Mad Max it's just good stuff so I've been binge watching that on show me ah good stuff there and but yeah sadly they don't have quite the selection yet as Netflix but they're new they've only been around since the fall so they're growing I'm gonna stick with you for a little bit longer show me I'm starting to like what I see everything's better with Mark Chappis Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Kappas on U62, The Targ. Let's see, what else can I ramble about on the podcast this week? Not much going on for movie news. Perhaps the most intriguing movie news is they put together their writer's team to guide the future of the Transformers franchise. This is becoming a popular thing to do in Hollywood uh, when it comes to gigantic franchises like this. They put together a team of writers and directors to form like an executive committee to map out the future of the franchise. I think the first guys who actually did this was Pixar. You know, Pixar's got their brain trust. It's a senior committee made up of their most senior directors and animators. And every Pixar project gets run by the uh, brain trust. They offer their notes and thoughts and make sure everything remains at that Pixar level. Of course, then when uh, Disney bought out Pixar and a lot of Pixar animators went off to uh, Disney Animation, they applied that same thing to Disney. Disney Animation's got a brain trust. And then when Disney bought Marvel, Disney applied that to Marvel. Marvel calls it their Executive Creative Committee. And the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe we got, it is the Marvel Creative Committee who maps it all out, figures out what plot points have to happen in which movie, and they are guiding the franchise. Franchise. So everyone is kind of ripping off that Marvel model now. <laughs> Just like in comics back in the day, we had the Marvel method for making comics. We're getting the Marvel method for making movies now. The Marvel method for making movies is you put together this committee of your most senior writers and directors to kind of guide the franchise. You know, as I said, everyone's doing it. James Cameron is doing that for his Avatar sequels he's got coming up. James Cameron has said that, you know, doing the Avatar sequels, he is doing it just like a TV show. He gets all the writers of all the sequels there in the writer's room. They sit, they break the story, then they go off and write their individual movies. And now... Hasbro and Paramount want to do that with Transformers. So uh, 
Back in March, they announced that Michael Bay, the director, Steven Spielberg and Lorenzo de Bonaventure, the executive producers, and Oscar-winning writer Akiva Goldsman have signed on to put together this team. So what's the team they put together? We have Robert Kirkman, the creator of The Walking Dead, Art Markham and Matt Holloway. Uh, they wrote the first Iron Man and uh, the recent live-action Ninja Turtles reboot. Uh, Jeff Pinkner, who's a TV veteran. He worked on many episodes of Fringe and Lost. And Zach Penn, who worked on X-Men 2, X-Men 3, and The Incredible Hulk. So that's an interesting team. A lot of people are pointing at uh, Kirkman, the uh, Walking Dead creator, as being like the odd man out there because, you know, he's primarily known for zombies. But some are speculating maybe he's just a huge Transformers fan and has a lot of good ideas for the franchise. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Do they really want to create a Transformers cinematic universe? Do we really want to see, like, a Bumblebee solo film? I don't know. All I know is this is the new Hollywood. We just live in it. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Well, the TV season has officially wrapped up. For me, it wrapped up back on Wednesday night with the season finale of The Flash. Oh my God, you guys. The Flash is so good. I love The Flash. Hands down, it is the best superhero TV show on right now. I mean, Barry Allen, as played by Grant Gustav, he's such a likable character. And the revelation that uh, the reverse Flash, his archenemy, was actually his mentor from all season, Harrison Wells. You could see the betrayal on his face. It was just... Uh, the Flash is so good, you guys. I cannot tell you how much I love The Flash. You just gotta watch it for yourself. It's And the season finale was so good. So for those who don't know The Flash's origin, uh, way back when he was a kid... His mother was brutally murdered, and his father was framed for the murder. So that's why he grew up to become a forensic scientist. He was going to exonerate his father. But then he's struck by lightning, becomes the Flash, and then it's discovered that the true murderer of his mother was his archenemy, the Reverse Flash, who went back in time to exact his ultimate vengeance. Yeah, crazy time travel shenanigans abound in the Flash. So, in the season finale... Thanks to some advice from his arch enemy, the Reverse Flash, the Flash figures out how to travel back in time and he's going to save his mother. And he chooses not to because he discovers that even though his mother died, he grew up to have a pretty sweet life. So rather than try and alter the timeline, he just finally comes to terms with the loss of his mother and heads back to the future. Ah, oh, and it was so good. So many great little Flash Easter eggs as well. Because, you know, as part of the deal with the devil he made with the Reverse Flash to go back in time, the Reverse Flash was going to go back to his time, which, if I remember right, is the 26th century. And there they opened the wormhole. The Reverse Flash is about to go back to the future. Out of the wormhole pops the helmet of the Golden Age Flash. They just look at that. One of our heroes goes, what the hell is that? Reverse Flash puts on his hood. That's my cue to leave. Because, you know, as I was explaining to a friend, he doesn't want to have to deal with two Flashes. So, but then the Flash we know love, he comes back. He says, you know, the superhero stuff comes down and they have their battle and just, ah, oh, 
Flash is so good. I know I'm gushing way too much. Watch The Flash for yourself. You will not be disappointed. And if you're a newbie to the DC universe, it's just there is they don't get too deep into the DC lore so you can pick up what's going on. So uh, I'm done gushing about The Flash, you guys. Bring on season two because they had a hell of a cliffhanger. This is your interstellar disc jockey. Mark Kappas, U62. The Targ. And now it's time to dole out the song of the show. You know I love my obscure film soundtracks. When I saw this one came out a few months ago, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're releasing this. I had to call up my best friend right away because I knew he would geek out about it. And he said, Mark, the only way I'm going to get it is if I can make you a copy. Would you like a copy when I get it? And I said, yes. So he got it. He sent me my copy. And here's this awesome soundtrack, He-Man. Yes, they released the complete score for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. That is the main theme, the album version, three minutes long. I tell you, that's totally my workout jam, if I worked out. That's just one of those songs, when I hear it, I want to run. You know, 
I'm not much of a physical guy, you know. Those who haven't seen me in 10 years, I've put on like 30 pounds. I'm getting pretty chubby. And it's just, but I hear music like that. I want to run. That's a song that makes me want to run. Uh, the Rocky theme is a song that makes me want to run. The Doctor Who theme, music like that. I hear it. I just want to run. So maybe I should take it up and start running once again, or at least maybe buy a bike and take up cycling. I used to love riding a bike. When I was in college, I had my bike with me. I'd ride my bike all around town. When I was in Japan, I bought a bike. I would ride my bike all around town. I stopped riding a bike when I came back from Japan, you know, I came back from Japan, I go looking for my bike, I go to my parents, mom, dad, I can't find my bike, what happened to it? Oh, well, while you were away, we had a garage sale and we sold it. What? But I love biking. Oh, but you weren't riding it anymore. I wasn't riding it because I was outside of the country. Well, I tried to stop her, but it was all your mother's idea. Way to throw mom under the bus there, dad. Uh, but no, whenever the weather gets good like this and I hear music like that, I just want to get moving. So maybe if I had a little more in my savings, I would dip into my savings and buy a bike. Or who knows, it's garage sale season. Maybe I can find a good used one for like 20 bucks or something like that. Ah, but yeah, I want to get outside, enjoy the sunshine, and I think I will go do that because I have nothing more to say. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. See you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Well, that was pointless. Yeah.